Hey guys, what's going on? Steve Araujo here with The Bass Hang, and you're listening to The Bass Hang Podcast. Really, really appreciate you guys checking this out. Uh, basically, we are going to cover a lot of things, a lot of bass players, a lot of people who make <laughs> basses, instruments, pickups, amplifiers, uh, just generally a, a really good time and just talking gear and just kind of nerding out and geeking out on bass equipment and audio equipment uh, also any and basically anything that falls under music that's what we're going to be talking about so um, in this episode we're going to feature my good friend Pat Wilkins who is basically has been for a long time one of the premier guitar finishers he actually is one of the best painters and finishers when it comes to instruments so you'll get manufacturers such as Mike Lull, Sadowski, MTD, Brian Moore and that's just naming a few I mean literally anybody who's anybody <laughs> who makes instruments has had Pat Wilkins finish instruments or is having Pat Wilkins finish instruments it's pretty amazing um, I went up to his shop and I, he was nice enough to give me a little bit of time to uh, you know, talk to him and uh, interview him, and he gives us a, a really great um, insight on his business, plus his new instruments that he's making. He is making what he calls the road-tested instruments, Wilkins road-tested, and what they are is his concept is take instruments that are gig-worthy, reliable, will sound great, but they don't cost an arm and a leg because he actually does make some of the most incredible custom instruments but you're looking at anywhere from three to four to five thousand for these handmade instruments so what he does with the Wilkins road tested instruments is he has a certain certain number of models and they are offered that way in a certain way with a couple of options here but they are very very reasonable in the two thousand dollar range which you know, that is a super reasonable price for something that is pseudo custom. You have a few options, but is a an incredible workhorse of an instrument. You can actually play them on gigs, tour, and right out of the box, they're just amazing. I, I have, I think, two or three of his instruments now that I use on gigs. I use them on recording sessions, and they are just home run basses. They're amazing. Um, so anyways... Here is the Pat Wilkins Bass Hang podcast interview. Hope you guys enjoy it. All righty then. Hey, Steve. What's going on, Pat? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. So, hey, um... This is Steve Araujo and Pat Wilkins, and we are, uh, yeah, man, uh, doing a little uh, podcast audio here, a little and mini bass hang so in, little, in Van Nuys. It's the what are we calling it? The Van Nuys Wrecking Crew. Van Nuys Wrecking Crew. That's here we are. So rad, but um, yeah, kind of bringing back the podcast and just yep. man, I appreciate you sitting and taking a little time and chatting. So, my pleasure, thanks. Steve. Um, I have a couple of your bases that are two of my main rotation bases. Thank you. The PJ4 and the PJ5, and they're just incredible, man. Workhorses, just, I mean, just, I can't say enough. Thank you. Mean little basses. The four string is just this beast, and then the five string is just deep warmth, 
just just gooiness. <laughs> I, I, I love that you're playing them. It's yeah. Them. I'm relicking them. There you go. <laughs> Naturally. Perfectly. I like that. Yeah. So tell me, um, tell me your thoughts. I, you've been building for a long. So you are a premier finisher. You've been finishing for. You finish for everybody. Uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Oh, like some most of the, the high-end boutique uh, base builders around the country send stuff to you to actually finish paint. Right. Um, Names uh, Oh Sadowski, like? Lakeland, Federa send me some some uh, bases. Mm -hmm. um, from time to time, I'll do a Tobias here okay. and there. Mike Lull. Uh, Mike Lull. Lull, I'm doing the Mike mm -hmm. Lulls. A lot of the Jeff Ament uh, okay. bases I yeah. do. Um, then the guitar builders, Don Drosh. Um, Schroeder guitars. Mm -hmm. I do Warrior uh, guitars and basses. I do a lot of different so, guys all over the country. Wow. So, you're, I mean, for one, that's one of your things. You're sought after. You do that kind of. You, you schedule your day, kind of nicely accordingly, depending, you know, for business wise. So yeah. in the afternoon, you're shooting. After twelve o'clock or so, is that how you kind of? Yeah. In the somewhere? morning, I, I I come in and I I do my emails and answer phone calls and anything I need to do business related. Uh, take money and send mm -hmm. out invoices, things like that, and then I, uh, I, um, uh, then uh, whatever's left of my morning, then I'll work on instruments. Now the instruments you've been building for a very long time. You've always built. I've been building since 1977. Okay, uh, under Wilkins guitars, Wilkins bass. Well, I originally I started off at, at Schechter guitars. Okay. The uh, the uh, the good days when Schechter was a, a high end boutique. In uh, Hollywood or in, in Van Nuys. Van Nuys, okay. Probably about three miles from here. Oh, that's the original right. Van Nuys Schechter okay. shop. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, those were the days. I mean, I worked with some great guys. Mm. Tom Anderson, the most wow. notably. Wow. And then we had some guys who came over to us from Travis Bean Guitars. Mm. Uh, we hired a couple of guys out of Memphis that were at, at a store called Strings and Things. Yeah. They were it. They were the two guys uh, out of Strings and Things were kind of like the go-to guys in the South. And uh, yeah, that was, I went to work there in 77. Okay. Before that, I actually worked about uh, about a quarter of a mile down the street building speaker cabinets for acoustic. Wow. Yeah, in wow. the early days. Yeah, I built all those 360 <clears throat> cabinets and, oh, and all the 150 and uh, fun days. Did you gig a lot of those, those amps? Did you play uh, I owned a 150B yeah. and nice. I still have my 412 uh, uh, cabinet here. Yeah. Just a beast of a, and it's, Beast. It's a beast. <laughs> I, I really wish I still had my 150B. That was yeah. a great head. Oh, I, I, I love what I have now. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But that 150B was there was something special about that. That's yeah. so cool. So then you were doing that, and then kind of always building, doing stuff, doing the finishing, right? I mean, you've always done that. And then with the road test, what was your concept behind that? Like exactly, like what was the light bulb moment with that? Light bulb moment was I wanted to build something that was affordable. Okay, and so I, I spent some time trying to figure out how I could take a four or five thousand dollar base and make it affordable. I uh, bring it down to like the two to three thousand dollar range, and so that kind of was the birth of, of the road tested. Now the things that I did were things like a satin finish instead of a gloss finish on the mm -hmm. base. Um, I, uh, instead of me whittling out the necks myself, uh, I send them, I, I have this done for me okay. by um, an extremely reputable and high quality wood uh, maker up in Northern California. Cool. 
he used to do all the Sadowski and all of the uh, Lakelands, and and now he does a ton of wow. other high-end builders. And that's and basically that's to cut down on costs. Woodworking, like if you were to do it by hand, which you still do, you still actually I still, make some I still custom do it bases, by hand. Yep, yep. and those bases are up in the four or five thousand. I mean, they're yeah. they're up there. So to cut Easily that cost away, okay. for me to whittle out something by okay. hand now. Yeah, I mean, the guy's got four CNC machines, yeah. and he runs. Mm -hmm. I, I talked to him not too long ago. He runs about three to four hundred bodies wow. a month through his shop. He runs a couple hundred necks a month through his shop. You know, the guy knows what he's yeah. doing. And consistent, obviously, the consistent Super quality. Consistent. Everything. And does the roasting, does he do the roasting too? No, I, I actually I, buy the roasted okay. wood in Michigan. Oh, nice. And okay. I have it shipped directly to my guy up in, in oh, Northern California. And then he cuts it out. He cuts it out for me, yeah. The fret work that this guy does on his, on his uh, <laughs> necks is the best I've, I've ever seen. It's pretty I, impeccable. It's I think pretty the only guy incredible. who did fret work as good was Tom Anderson in the early days wow. when he was uh, making bodies and necks for other people. Okay. Yeah, it's when I lay the neck out and straighten it up, I only have to kiss the tops of the frets. They're, they're that good. And I should mention also that you, I think another thing which we've talked about, a big concept is it's for a gigging musician, which you are. I am. You're a working bass player. Yeah. And you have been. You That's... You know, we, since I've been 14 yeah, years old, we are working bass players. Yeah. So, I think that that really translates also over to the instruments. I definitely think so. Everything I feel and I hear, and you know, players that are playing, it, it, it really takes <laughs> somebody that plays to really kind of know what players want. Well, that's where the name came into play. Yeah, because basically, I I do and did all my R and D work. On the road. On gigs. On gigs. Road. And you still take your, you still do R&D. I know, I, I talked to you and you take bases out and test them. Right now, I've, I've got what I think is, is the finest <clears throat> um, four-string bass I've ever built. And it came to me um, while I was gigging with different wow. situations mm -hmm. uh, on gigs. And, I mean, I play in two guitar bands. I play in one guitar with a keyboard player bands. I play in a lot of different bands, a lot of different styles of music, and you know I'm trying to find and build a bass that will um, that fit the situation I'm in. So, uh, for, for instance, I play in a blues band. Yeah. P bass. I build a P bass that I think I, I, I shouldn't. Sorry, not yeah. P bass. I, I build a P style. Okay. Uh, yeah. Bass that um, that. Sits well with mm -hmm. blues oriented. Sure, I play in classic rock bands, and I build a bass that sits well for a wide variety yeah. of classic rock. Everything from from Aerosmith yeah. to ZZ Top and Beatles and Stones and stuff like that. So that's kind of my whole design mm -hmm. framework: is the music I play and the instruments I bring to the gig. It has to fit the music. It has to work. It has to be. It has to work. It has to be functional. Well, that and, and you know, I mean, if you play with keyboard players, mm -hmm. they're great players, but they have a tendency to to take up a lot of space where the bass lives. They like that left hand. I always watch, I always look at their left hand and give them a dirty look. When they start creeping yeah. too low, it's like, yeah, dude, yeah. I'm here. Yeah, there you what go. What are you doing? So Stop. Get out of my <laughs> kitchen, dude. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, obviously, the woods that you're doing, you're doing alder, ash bodies, maple, 
rosewood necks and fretboards and yep. any combination that you any combination okay. if a customer wants something specific mm -hmm. i can accommodate cool it. Yeah. what is your go-to base you said you had what what's your one base that you go to right now uh, well it depends on the style of music i'm playing okay um in my classic rock band mm -hmm. uh, i'm playing a uh, wrtj60 okay uh in my in my blues band uh i live and tracking i'm using a uh, uh wrtp okay and uh, that one's the ancient wood model. The real, that one's, yeah, that's the best bass ever. <laughs> that's the one that you're, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, um, and then the other thing I wanted to hit on is the roasting process. I know we've talked about it, maybe for the, the podcast audience, the, the, the significance of the roasting. So basically you're taking the wood and literally baking it, cooking it, cooking the moisture out. Right. So not, you're not just cooking the moisture out. You're also uh, in the process of the moisture coming out of the wood. There are sugars in wood. Okay. And as the as the wood heats up and the moisture comes out of the wood, it mixes with the sugars and caramelizes. Hmm. And so the caramelization process makes the wood stronger. Wow. So the wood becomes more more uh, stable. Uh, it's stronger, so it doesn't flex as much so the roasted necks are stronger than much the, much wow. stronger than, okay. than a maple and they're stable yeah and then the bonus is you get this beautiful color um and if it, there's any figure in the wood at all it it brings that figure brings out, out the flame yeah because we're looking obviously you can't see it with the audio but we're looking at a an all roasted five string j style a wrtj5 uh with a roasted alder body a roasted, roasted alder body, and it's yep. super light, and a roasted, all roasted maple neck, and seven a honey pounds. roasted. That's yeah, this is seven, seven pounds. pounds. No, a dark roasted. Dark roasted, sorry. Yep. And it's maple, but looking at it, the at first glance you think it's rosewood because it is so dark. But then you see this flame that's just, I yeah. mean, it's just, it's just beautiful, man. Yeah. And seven pounds. I'm not used to bases that weigh this much. <laughs> this is crazy. And then just. Obviously, we're not that loud to overdrive stuff, but has a great. And you can still dig in, yep. and it has that great vintage. It, it's vintage sounding. It's versatile. Modern vintagey, yeah. And this one has a preamp and everything. We didn't do the preamp, but that was literally flat. Yeah, and that, that was sounds flat. Yep, flat on the amp, flat on the bass. Yeah, and so your go-tos right now are, uh, you like the roasted thing, that's kind of, are you concentrating on one or the other, or is it just depends on what customers want? It depends on what the customer wants. Um, if they want something that's got a more focused mid-range, I would, I would suggest the roasted wood. Okay. If they want something more traditional, maple with a rosewood fingerboard is the way to go. Okay. Uh, both um, J and P style. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're, uh, they're amazing, man. And then you just... Um, you have a custom-made amplifier too that you kind of a custom order thing. Tell I, us about it, that. Yeah, it has to be custom order at this point because it cost me so much to make these amplifiers <laughs> that I have to. And there have to be they have to be on order. Uh, it is a 240 watt all tube okay. bass head that is modeled after um, an amplifier that I've owned for about 30 years. That absolutely sounds marvelous. Mm. It uh, it's warm, it's fat. It, uh, it it has, again, a focus on stage that is... Well, I, for example, the first time I used it on a gig, they kept telling me to turn it up. Not because it was 
not loud enough. It was plenty loud that they said they wanted to hear the bass more because this particular amp wasn't um, was wasn't obnoxious. Okay. It got louder. It just wow. didn't. It wasn't obnoxious. Smooth sounding, kind of a more it like, filled the room, but room. not. It didn't fill the stage. And and modeled after. And which is that? Amp, which is the amp that it's modeled after? It's a. Well, the, the original amp was from a guy out of Santa Monica. They okay. were called TNT. Okay. I've never heard of them. Yeah, not many people have. They only he only built a, a dozen or so wow. amplifiers. Okay. He passed away. Huh. And you have them. We're actually looking at it right now. I have it here. Okay. It looks like an old, you know, old school head. Yeah, well, it kind of looks like an old son. Uh, okay. But it's not. It has no relationship to an old son. Got it. Okay. And it's all tube, and then the one that you're making, we're call you're calling it the Woodstock amp. I'm right? calling it the okay. Woodstock amp, yeah. And modeled after, and who's making that for you, or who's uh, modeling it? There's a great guy that's like uh, four doors down from me by the name of Roy Blankenship, okay. and he and I've been working on this amp for for a while. Yeah. And he's the maker, and he and I are tweaking it right now. The reason why it's not in here right now is because. <laughs> I still can't turn it up past two without being so loud that you don't want to be in the room with it. So we're changing the taper of the volume pots. Okay. And it looks like we're going to be able to get it up to about four or five before it's too loud. Not for a room this size. Yeah. This is... But when you're playing a big concert and you've got multi uh, cabinets and speakers, mm -hmm. we'll be able to get it up to wow. six or eight and it'll fill a, a, a concert size venue. And it was at NAM, and I mean, NAM is. One of the, you know, it's a hard place to listen, but people that were playing, it was just, it was fat. And you were playing through a euphonic audio cabinet, I right? had a single 10 euphonic single audio 10, cabinet. And it was, it was thick. Well, guys were telling me that they couldn't really hear the amp, but they could feel it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, that's nice. So that's going to be a, like a special order item kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. It's a great concept, man. I, I like that. Well, I like, <laughs> I like the idea of being able to offer everything a bass player needs. Yes. I, I, we have strings as well. I was going to say the strings that yeah. you're doing. Yeah, the Wilkins nickel, strings. Uh, nickel silver strings. Cool. Four, four and five string sets. 45 to 105, 40 to 100 for a light gauge. Uh -huh. And then the, the fives are 40 to 120. Mm -hmm. And 130. Yeah, is it 135? 45 to 130. Yeah, so that's a 130. It feels yeah. great. Yeah. It feels great, man. And yeah, they're nickel. It, and they still nickel. have that little bit of roughness to them, which I see. That's what I like personally, yeah. steel. But these have a nice. I, a little bit of roughness because they're not heavy round. No, they're they're somewhere between a medium round and a heavy round. Yeah, they have cool. a real nice growl to them. Yeah, they? for for nickel for sure, yeah. man. I mean, yeah. I'm not used to nickel being like that. So yeah, they sound great. So, well, cool, Pat. Um, so what future? Tell us what what uh, build more and um, yeah. yeah. I mean, right now I'm real happy with the models I have, mm -hmm. but that will definitely change. Yeah, because I'm constantly trying to develop new new things. Um, yeah, I don't even know what's coming up next. Uh, the WRTJ60 was the newest model, and then before that, I, I uh, offered uh, or I designed a, a WRTPJ model where the J pickup is moved closer to the P bass pickup. So I definitely okay. So those are my two. I have the yeah. four string and I have a five. Yep. And I love PJs. I've always loved them, but the issue was that weird phase canceling. Whenever you turn both pickups on, you get a, a drop. Yeah. No matter what, and that was in a traditional like a '60s or a '70s placement. Right. You scoot it super far up, and it it almost takes that away. And now you have, for me, and I've heard 
people say this that it's a cross between a pea and a music man almost. I've, I've heard that as well. Which yeah. it, and it's great because it's not as nasally, but man, it just gives you that that fundamental and that PJ. I'm, that your WRT PJs are are killing. They're Thanks. killing. So you know, well, for me, it was all about. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but when you throw a P, uh, J pickup with a P pickup. Something happens to the P pickup and it doesn't sound like I, a P anymore. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Absolutely. So I play. Uh, I, I I move the J pickup forward uh, because I thought it had something to do with phase cancellation. Yeah. So I moved the J pickup forward. I got lucky on the first try. Man. <laughs> and I, so the, now the P still sounds like a real P. Yeah. But the J, where it is right now, it's usable. It's it's usable by itself. Yeah, too. by itself. That's and what I mean. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's it's not Jocko. It's not Jocko. I mean, it can be. You can get elements but of Jocko. You can out get of it, it yeah. but it's you know, it's not like that one thing. It still has that that low mid fundamental that. And then when you put the P bass, I mean, it's it's just a home run. And I have the five string prototype, so you built it up. Yes, so you I, do. I feel very very happy about that. <laughs> I feel very happy and very proud to have that bass, man. The thing's awesome. I saw it there. I was like. Pat, what do you think, man? Build that thing up for me, well, man. Well, you said, what are you doing with that? I what said, well, I don't know. It's just sitting around here. It's my prototype. He said, well, build it for me. Build it for me. Come on. Yeah. And that one has the Nordstrand pickups. Yep. And um, and then the four-string. And, and it's passive. Oh, I just, it's yeah. passive. Totally and it just passive. sounds big and fat and yeah. woolly. And um, and then the four-string PJ is passive. Have you built any any active PJ? The, the WRT PJ is active? I have, okay. yeah. Uh, there's a guy uh, on the west end of this town mm -hmm. uh, who has two. Oh, nice. Uh, WRT PJs mm -hmm. with, one of them has a Sadowski preamp in it. Okay. And the other one has an Aguilar preamp in nice. it. Nice. Well, um, choice of electronics. I mean, I know you, you use a few different ones. Who I, Just depends. Yeah, I don't have it. I take it back. I do have a favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, I really, really like the Audair preamp. Uh, I think it's it's extremely versatile. That's what's in this That's one. That's what's that we in have. that one. Yeah. Okay. Extremely versatile. Uh, I, I I dare say it may. I think it may be the most versatile preamp out there. Okay. Because the um, the frequency adjustments mm. um, really work exceptionally well. Interesting. Especially in the mid range section. Okay. Um, and then it has what he calls a Z-mode switch, where you can switch from uh, a low-mid um, peakiness mm -hmm. to a mid-range mid peakiness, and then a high-mid peakiness. And then you okay. can adjust that uh, with your mid-range control. Okay, so for active... Cut or boost. Yeah, wow. So for active, that's kind of your... For right now, that's your, your favorite, yeah. Yeah, but, if, if you okay. tell me build what, what you want with a, a preamp, I'm going to build it with an odd air preamp. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, pickup-wise, you use a, a lot of different pickups and stuff? And I do. I, I, right now, my go-to pickup is the Howard Oleate pickups. I'm a fan. They're I'm great, a huge man. fan. Yeah. I, I like Seymour Duncan pickups a lot. The I, Seymours in my little WRT PJ are are just angry beasts, yeah. man. They just slap you. They're they're killer. So didn't mean yeah. to interrupt. Sorry, but they're right. just great. So the Seymours, yeah. And then I really like Nordstrand. Carrie makes some great pickups. Everybody knows that. Yeah. The PJs that are in my five are, are Carrie's, and I couldn't be happier. Mm -hmm. They're amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool, man. Dude, I, I am, again, I'm, I'm just happy that you, you know, took the time and sat with us, and um, I'm just stoked for... Your business and what you're doing, man. I, I feel like you're just doing an amazing. You're just you're great for the bass community. It's it's yeah, that's, <laughs> super that's proud. My to, it's it's amazing. And okay, on the on the uh, on the interwebs, where can they find you? 
Uh, the uh, the web is www.wilkinsguitars.com. Okay. Uh, or you could uh, type in Road Tested Guitars as well. Okay, Road Tested Guitars. You'll get the same com. page. Cool. But it's uh, they both link together. Cool. And you got the YouTube's going. You got the the whole social media. They can just. Yep. Hashtag find you yep. and do whatever. Facebook, so. Wilkins Guitars, uh, Road mm. Tested Basses, Pat Wilkins. I, I think I have three yeah. Facebook pages. Cool. Find me on Twitter. You can find me on uh, on Instagram as well. Yep. So I'm there. You know, I'm, I'm doing what I can to, to get my name out there and be seen as by as many people yeah. out there. I think you're, you're doing a great job, man. You're building a product that's just, just ridiculously kick-ass and functional. And it's freaking beautiful. So it's functional art, which is always the best thing. So, all right, Pat Wilkins, thank you so much. Steve Rall here from the Bass Hang, and we're signing off. Sounds great. All right, thanks, guys. Next time, guys. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed that. And before we start the next show, I want to remind you, go ahead and go to thebasshang.com to see a lot of reviews and stuff going on there. There's always updated. There's a blog. My um, kind of a good friend and bass hang partner in crime, Doug Keppen, he writes a blog on there that's super awesome. I'm not good at writing things. <laughs> I'm very good with the visual stuff, but um, Doug actually is a great writer. He was a technical writer for a long time, and now he's taking those skills and that passion to write bass and music-oriented things. So it's very, very cool. So check out thebasshang.com. Uh, we are on Instagram at thebasshang. Just do a search, thebasshang. We are on Twitter. We are at thebasshang at Twitter. Uh, we are on YouTube. Literally just do a search for the thebasshang, and the thebasshang has a ton of videos, <laughs> a whole lot of videos. So please, you know, check us out there. Um, yeah, we're, uh, we're also on Facebook. The Bass Hang by Steve Araujo. You can find it, The Bass Hang on Facebook. So yeah, definitely just hit us up. Um, so next up on this podcast episode, Doug came over and I just wanted to, basically it was funny. Um, we're staying on the Wilkins Road Tested Avenue here. He came over and I had the Wilkins, my Wilkins, WRTPJ4. So basically what that is, it is the Wilkins version Pat Wilkins version of a PJ. The jazz bass pickup is literally scooted up really close to the P bass pickup. So <clears throat> it is one of the best PJs. And I have two of his bass. I have a four string and a five string version of that bass. Um, I think that moving up that jazz bass pickup closer to the P bass pickup makes a world of difference. Really brings out the fundamentals of that jazz bass. Doesn't make it as honky as it would be if it was in that regular jazz bass. Um, bridge pickup position. It, I've heard a few different people say, and I happen to agree that it really, really sounds like a music man and a P bass put together. Uh, it just has that big fundamental. So I hope you dig it. Actually, I, we, I, Doug was here and I just rolled tape and we just started recording and it came out really good. So I hope you dig it. Again, this is Doug Keppen and myself, Steve Araujo, playing and discussing a Wilkins road-tested WRT-PJ4. Enjoy!
Doug. Steve. What are you playing, buddy? Uh, this is a this is a beautiful pure bass, man. It's the black P bass Wilkins. Yeah. Wilkins P bass with uh, it's got both the jazz bass in there, but I just have it on the on the P bass pickup right now. So this is the WRTPJ four road tester. Yeah. It's um. It's a pretty incredible little bass, man. The the P bass, I don't know. I, I it, it's a pretty monstrous little instrument. And whenever I play it or have people play it, and I'm even listening, it's just it, it has this aggressiveness, but it has just this clarity, this piano-ish. And in a mix, dude, it just it just slaps you in the face. The it's thing, mean. The thing <laughs> I like about it is it seems it's just way more consistent than the original P basses. Yeah. My, I had like a 70, I want to say 72 P bass. And I mean, back in 72, um, 72, 73. And it just had, had dead spots, bad dead spots, several of them. You yeah. Know, it was enough that drove me crazy back then. Um, I don't know. It's, this is still, you know, the Wilkins is still just maple and alder, right? Yeah. But somehow he's got it, uh, well, it's got it's, it dialed in, and it, it, there aren't there aren't dead spots. It's, it sings, it resonates, it's deep, and it's everything I would have wanted from yeah. that early bass. I think it's Howard Elliott. Mm -hmm. He likes old basses, but he just thinks that new basses are built so much better, yeah. which they are. I mean, honestly, I mean, you know, you could there's argument for both sides. That people will say either, and they'll go to their grave because of it, probably. Yeah, of but, course. But you know, Pat. Through his, you know, just, I don't know, for doing it for so long. I mean, for right. one thing, the necks are, are literally, like, you can see the grain from top to bottom mm -hmm. of the neck. Which Talking is about ridiculous. The back, the back the of maple, it. Yeah. The grain, right? I mean, this is yeah. quarter song. Yeah. I mean, it's straight grain all the way up. So, yeah. I mean, that makes it, you know. Consistent. Consistent. So consistent. Yeah. But, so you're, you're thinking about getting a P or... or well, you've played a lot of P's. You've been looking for a P bass for a long time. For a time. while, yeah. 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 The, and I, I, yeah, I like, uh, you know, I like that one Pat has. It's mm -hmm. a straight. Three. It's a straight it's P. It's a straight up P. No jazz bass. Cause ash body with a maple it neck does and have maple an fretboard. Which I didn't think I would like because ash is generally brighter. Yeah. But on that instrument, somehow those woods came together. It sounds, to me anyway, really traditional. Yeah. You know? it. I think it does. I mean, I've heard it. And I know we have recordings and videos of you playing it. Mm -hmm. And that bass just kicks it's a major but <laughs> you know there's something about the old ones and you know you can never i mean now of course if i had that 70 early 72 73 i'd probably love it yeah you kind of get over the uh you get over the need for perfection in mm -hmm. an instrument when you start to appreciate the vibe that it brings mm -hmm. you know it's got a tone it's got it's got this feel that just you know it's part of history really yeah and uh it's a thing that uh, you can only get in a way. I mean, not that you can only get it there, but it's got its own thing, you know. It has a vibe, definitely. It, it does. And I have people say it. It matters that the pickups are forty years old and the and the woods forty years old, mm -hmm. and it, everything mellows and changes a little bit, and it, it gives because it dries. The dries up, right? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the characteristics. So it must resonate differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this bass is what, and then it has the jazz bass pickups scooted up. Right, fairly one, yeah. close the to Wilkins, the P bass. Yeah. That's the Wilkins thing, and I it just it almost sounds in between a not a PJ but like a P Music Man thing, 
Yeah. Almost, right? So that's P bass alone, right? No, this is everything. Oh, that's everything. Sorry, okay. Tone all the way up? Yeah, I don't think so. That jazz bass pickup gives it that low mid, that like nasally little bit of quality, but it just makes it high. Yeah, but when know. he moves it up so close to the, away from the bridge and towards mm -hmm. the P bass pickup, it loses, I think it loses that nasal. That honky. The and honky it gives it that, that lower kind of fundamental. Maybe. Yeah, it gives it a, a, a hefty clarity. Yeah. You know, because it's coming up to where the strings resonate more loosely, mm -hmm. uh, vibrate more. And um, yeah, so here's just the the P. And here's with the uh, the P and the P J. And J. Yeah. It's like more modern rock. Yeah. Is that is that a music man sound to you? A little bit, a little bit, because it's not it's not a solo jazz bass pickup. Solo jazz bass pickup right. is nasally. Right. A music man by itself has that low mid grit, but it has it's hefty. It's hefty but with it's real that articulate. Yeah. yeah. Where that's almost what it is. And I've actually had two or three drummers that are in ears tell me that. They're like, man, that kind of sounds like P and Music Man. And then I started going, you know what? Huh. Kinda does. Yeah. Kinda has that characteristic. And so those are the Seymour Duncan pickups. Yeah, um, they sound great. And it's passive. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It has the vintage bridge. And it also, because Pat and I were discussing it too, and he agrees that the old PJs where they were set, there was this phase cancellation thing that sometimes when you would turn all the pickups on, you would lose some volume because of the phase cancellation. And that could be because the bridge pickup was a single coil, so you're dealing with a split P that's two coils plus the one. Yeah. So that odd number, you know, but now he uses split, you know, hum canceling. Uh -huh. So literally there are four, it's like a, it's like four coils. Yeah. So that helps it. Sure. But the positioning, he says, helps it a lot too. Yeah. It gives it, like I say, that all that clarity, but it's still, um, mm -hmm. still warm. Yeah. You know, no lack of bite, you know, that's the thing. It, I, every time I play this... You should slap. I don't really slap very yeah, well, but you should slap on it. Cause... Those are all pickups all the way on. Like, you know, you and I were talking earlier about how, how a pronounced mid-range really makes makes the, the sound just pop in a mix. You know, it really brings the bass to the front of the mix. So you get that out of that pickup, <coughs> yeah. You know, it really speaks. Then you add that little bit of jazz pickup in the back, pushed up, and it's fat. It's and, a mean and bass, right? And it's almost Marcusy, honestly. It is almost Marcusy. The sparkly, you know, slap pop is incredible. But with a little more throaty in the mid range. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a great. The, yeah, his stuff is great. And I was, well, when I first got this bass, remember, it was just the P bass. Yeah, I know. And then I went back, and I was like, man, I just want a little bit, I don't know, I just wanted something that, that was a little more versatile, I guess. Right. Um, and then when you put that in there, I'm just, I'm so glad, I haven't gone back. I have not. <laughs> well, it's become what you wanted, which it's, is kind of, it's kind of an everything bass. You know, if you need P for Motown or, you know, old school sound, you got it. Just turn off the, 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 the uh, 
Yeah, if you just, need to sound modern, your contemporary stuff, dial it back in, and yeah. man, you got it all in one bass. It's and it's and it's passive. I mean, it's so uncomplicated. Yeah, and that's the that's the best thing. Like I, I I'm just such a passive guy, and it has the old school bridge. And you're a passive guy. I'm a passive guy. Yeah, exactly. I'm a totally <laughs> passive guy. Cool. All right. Well, and then so which one are you looking at? You're looking at the. Would you go? Would you go straight P or would you go PJ? You know, I think I'd go straight P. Reasoning, just traditionalist kind of. Um, I'm not really gigging the pop-oriented gigs. Okay. And yeah, kind of. I think I, I just like. I really like. Uh, I have a jazz bass. I play a lot. I love that sound, and I just keep it separate. Yeah. I play that for my jazz stuff or anything that's more modern, and just keep the P for uh, just that voice, that really mid-forward uh, thing that speaks, and I, I really like that. So I mean, it's nothing. Yeah. Who knows? And, you, and believe you, me, you <laughs> can twist my arm. Because all you have to do is dial it off, and you you have yeah, it. And you have the P bass. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, you know, we know Pat pretty well, so I'm sure he'd be like, yeah. you know, I'll put a jazz bass pickup in there. So. Right. All right, Wilkins WRTPJ non roasted. Non roasted. Um, this so is non roasted. So the roasted thing. Yeah. We okay. Should, we, you know, we'll have to talk for Pat. We'll talk for Pat, but I had a friend of mine come over with the exact same bass. Yeah roasted um it was a hair lighter again it was it was the same base same pickups same finish everything except his was like i said it's it was the all cayenne so the body was roasted alder the neck was roasted maple with a honey roasted maple fretboard yeah that looks like rosewood it, that looks like rosewood because of the honey roasting yeah. you know these bases i've you know since playing them i've become they i think both of us really know what they sound like now yeah, yeah. they sounded almost identical they have Amazing. an inherent quality to yeah, them yeah. i think the roasted one was a little lighter uh-huh but to tell you the truth it was it was close man it was really close i wonder if you played them on the gig if you hear something you might. different you know so the deal with roasting because i think music man does roasting do. now yeah and there's and a there's other sewer like there's other people that do roasting so so that's supposed to i guess pat talks about it he in does. one of one of yeah. our videos it, but it, does, it it takes the moisture out. Yep. And it sort of gels the um, the sap, whatever's changes in there the, together. Yeah, it changes the the chemical makeup or the what's I'm not even the the structure. Yeah. Of the instrument. So as I understand it, it's supposed to become more like an instrument that's old, Aged, 30, right? 40, you know, Yeah. Dried out, old. dried wood. Yeah. yeah. Should emulate that that old school sound a little better. That's yeah. That's the point. I, I mean, it was, it sounded killer. It sounded amazing. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, you know, I. You know, and they, and they look gorgeous because it pops the grain out. Man, and that maple, it's literally flame. Yeah. It just, any any amount of, of, of figuring, yeah. it just pops out. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, and, I, and it was a little bit lighter, but to tell you the truth, this bass is really light anyways. And I'm not used to light bases. I'm it's not. Base, <laughs> it's light, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Consider, I mean, you know. Eight, eight to eight and a half, somewhere yeah. in there. I'd say that's pretty light. Actually, I'd say P bass. the Cayenne, the the WRT PJ that was over yesterday, the four string was maybe in the high sevens. It was Ooh. lighter than this. Wow, it was nice. Uh -huh. It was, excuse me, it was great. But they they are they're pretty consistent tone wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Played great. I mean, it was you know it was a it was an awesome bass. So yeah, we'll we'll delve deeper in the. I just you know, yeah, it was a quick so little. Yeah, so I'm just looking at this, so just because people can't see it. Uh, so Pat puts the three, you have a volume, volume, tone, three knobs on the front of the bass, yeah. and then the jack 
typically on a P-Bass goes on the front, but Pat puts it on the underside, uh, on the side on the of the side. bass. Yeah. And it just gives you um, maximum control of those pickups versus a, a three-way switch. You don't, no, you don't want, you want to pan. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be able to cut off the... You're I, adamant about that. I am. Know, some guys, some yeah. guys like the switch. Tony Franklin, yeah. his PJ yeah. has the switch. Um, the other nice thing about this, if you ever want to go preamp, yeah. you can go, you know, volume, oh, yeah. volume, stacked, bass, treble, right. volume, volume, stacked, mid, bass, you know, so you can, you know, it's a modern take, man. It's a modern take on a killer instrument that, you know, is just built great very thought out you know and it's very traditional man i mean I there's nothing say, the yeah, bridge is standard, nothing special. standard old knurled kind of yeah uh, oh, no it's it's the regular old school vintage bridge yeah. with the little you know grooves yeah very um yeah, yeah old school man yeah and i never clean it that's the best thing never course, wipe it down and never clean it just <laughs> wipe it in. with that's how p bases are supposed to be man relict naturally relict actually yeah i um I've been playing my five WRTB, which we will talk about later. Yeah, okay. But I'm literally relicking it because I play it so much because I've been um, I've been playing a bunch of gigs where I play a five string, and the top bout is is literally buffing out because I'm playing it so much. Because these are flat finish. The matte finish, yeah. And how do you like that? I I, I want every bass to have matte finishing yeah. from now on. Is it, I just love the is look. It less sticky. I, I don't. You know, you know what? You get I never. Sweaty and stuff on your arms. It, I've never felt it, it. It hasn't bothered me at all. I'm. I'm indifferent. It yeah. just. I think I just like the aesthetic of it. Yeah. I like the aesthetic of it. It's a good look. Yeah, and as Pat says, when you have a bright light going on there, it translates the color as opposed to the reflection right. of a lacquer finish. I think that's what he says. So, uh -huh. yeah, it's just a mean little bass, man. This bass, it really. I. I. That's all I say. It's just a mean little powerful bass. Yeah. You need one. I know. <laughs> All right, Wilkins Road Test at WRTPJ for Base Geeks out. I don't know, something like that. Asta. How do we sign off of this? This was the, here, go, go for it. Try, try a sign off. Uh, are we calling it Base Geeks? Yeah, it's Base Hangs, Base Geeks. Okay. Base Hang, Base Geeks, episode one. Yeah, not really. This is a, this is a, um, um, how should I say? This is, this is just a, a little talk. This is just like, oh, conversation. This is a conversation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Base, base hang, base geeks, signing off. So signing time. off. Peace out. Bye. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Yeah, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check us out. We have an RSS feed. And again, Doug Keppen and okay. Steve Araujo. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yep. There will be more. Wait, there will be more. I can talk. Okay, see ya. Bye. Awesome. Alright guys, that does it for this episode of the podcast. Please subscribe. We are on iTunes. Uh, I will definitely post it on thebasshang.com. We are on SoundCloud, so look us up and subscribe because I am putting out these episodes every couple of weeks. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was uh, Pat Wilkins. Please check out roadtestedguitars.com for all of his stuff. Um, and uh, you'll see some of his bases. Go to thebasshang.com to see reviews. And if you guys have any questions or anything, you can email me at caesarsteve at gmail.com. And that's C-A-E-S-A-R and then Steve, S-T-E-V-E, at gmail.com. Or you can definitely contact me through YouTube. 
through Facebook, through Twitter, and through Instagram. So I hope you guys dig it. And that was the Base Hang Podcast. All right, guys, have a good one. Till next time. Bye bye. Thank you.